October is inventory time, so right now, Statler Toyota is making the best deals of the year on all 1985 model Toyotas. You won't find a better car at a better price with better service anywhere in Hill Valley. That's Statler Toyota in downtown Hill Valley. But hurry, these prices are only good. Hey, how's it going out there in pinball land? I am Johnny Pinball. It's a beautiful day outside right now. Two weeks has flown by since the last episode, so let's just kind of go over what's happened in the past two weeks. All right, if you can think back to the Great Lakes Pinball Open, that was on April 17th. That was the double tournament at District 82 in uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin. Hope you're a morning person because the first tournament started at 9 a.m., and that was the classics. Local talent Eric Thorin took first place, Keith Ellen ended up in second, and Travis Murray rounded up the top three. The second half of the day was the match play tournament. The match play tournament was won by outside talent. First spot going to Raymond Davidson, number one player in the world currently. Second was Keith Elwin, and third was Colin McAlpine. Better luck next time, Colin, on Papa Card. I'll be ready for the rematch. During lunch break, I had a chance to meet up with Poor Man Drew of the Poor Man's Pinball Podcast. Oh man, how's it going today? It's a beautiful day for pinball. It's awesome. It's sunny outside. We've been in that dark cave for uh, a couple hours now, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, we definitely needed the break. It was getting kind of stale in there. And for Tim Lee and all the other listeners out there, uh, I came second to last place, <laughs> as, <laughs> as predicted by many. Oh, yeah, that's right. There was that poll on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Yep, and uh, surprisingly, my wife thought I was going to be middle of the pack, and so did a lot of other people. So thank you for believing in me, and uh, yeah, but I didn't get it done today. Next time. Maybe next time. More excuse to come back. Oh, absolutely. I'll be back here. So I just had two quick questions. Sure, fire one ready, man. What is your favorite pinball machine right now? Because I know that probably changes. Right here. Yeah, you're right. It does. You know what? That's real easy. It's a Star Wars Premium. Star Wars Premium? Yeah. And that's your newest? Yes. It's been in my house for about a month or a little more. I'm hitting the start button every day. Um, Zach Manny, I hate to say you're right. It's like when I tell my wife she's right. Oh, gosh. Uh, Yeah. Uh, that Hyperloop is freaking amazing because I I've told this story many times I played the pro a lot it didn't grab me and I'm a Star Wars super fan so I was really disappointed and my wife didn't like it she said yeah that thing looks like it's bare and this and that when when this one came home she was even a little excited and I'm really really enjoying it the pro is wide open but yes. I actually I do enjoy no, it the, the pro yeah. the pro is a good game and the other thing was the art because I got the comic premium. Oh, you found a comic. Yes, I did find it. So Rarer than a unicorn. It's super rare. I think I might put it up on uh, Zach's site for uh, $28,000. Uh, probably selling. Yeah, well, Zach, yeah. I'll give you a little commission. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk some business later on. But uh, no, you're right. That comic premium, it, it's so good. Uh, Randy Martinez, let's give him some credit. That's him, right? Uh, I think You're so. going to know more than me. Okay. I think I think I don't follow the artist. Okay, I think it's Randy Martinez. If I'm wrong, I'm really sorry, but uh, you did an amazing job on that package. So. The name does sound right. Yeah, I think I think it's correct, but I'm not sure. All right, follow up question. Sure. What is your favorite game here at District 82? Ooh, well, uh, I did have a couple of first place finishes, and uh, one of them was on Earthshaker, but I can't say that's probably my favorite. 
Um, what did I find? You know what? I've been looking for a shadow. I've been looking for a Ghostbusters premium, and they have both of those here. I'd go Ooh. shadow. Really? That's a rare game. Okay. Okay. That that's fair. I'm I'm kind of up in the air because uh, I, I played a little bit of both today and and I enjoyed them both. Some premium Ghostbusters. You got the Magnus slings. Pretty sweet. They are. You know, everyone poo pooed them, and every time I talk to someone, they're like, "Well, the pro shoots better." You know what? Does I, it? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I played both now plenty, and that premium. It's packed and it's fun, and you know what? I play pinball to have fun, so. Exactly. <laughs> and, and my ranking here uh, shows that. <laughs> no shame in either in either buying either game. So. No, no. Well, maybe I'll get both. How's that? Even better. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Sell something though for that. Sell the meteor. Yeah. Well, I'm still working on it. Who wants a meteor? Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> How much for the exclusive listeners here? Oh, exclusive? Uh, eighteen hundred dollars. Oh, that's want, a bargain. It is. I want the thing out of my house. Maybe like, I'll buy it. I get it. Okay. Well, Mike, we're gonna talk off air here. <laughs> I love that. All right. I think that's gonna do it here at District 82 Great Lakes Pinball Open. Thank oh, you. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Awesome. Always a pleasure talking to Drew. All right, let's move on to news and rumors. Looks like the latest rumor is Brian Eddy is making the Mandalorian pinball. Now, this is in contrast to last week's rumor that he was making Back to the Future. So now we're hearing Mandalorian. This is coming from Club Canada. Now, I've actually never watched the Mandalorian because it's behind the Disney Plus paywall. But if this pin does indeed come out, I think I will uh, do a one-month trial period just to get caught up on the show. From doing a little research, it looks like The Mandalorian is the most popular streamed show. According to Nielsen ratings, it recently surpassed The Office when Season 2 launched. The big question we're all asking ourselves is who's going to be coding this potential Mandalorian game? Um, A lot of people think that maybe Dwight Sullivan is up next for this. I myself am not in that camp because Dwight was the one, if you remember, he leaked to us or confirmed the leak that Godzilla was going to be made. So I think he's actually coding Godzilla. And I think Brian Eddy is just going to keep the same team as he's had before and Lonnie will end up being his code along with help from Mike Vinicor on rules. Lonnie's been in the industry a long time. So I think that's going to be a good fit for this game. Last Star Wars game, we did see Dwight on there, and he tends to have kind of a complex rule set with multipliers. And Lonnie's games are typically a little more straightforward, though never um, regarded as uh, instant classics like a Lyman Sheets game would be. But nonetheless, they still are pretty good in the end. So what do you think will be on the Mandalorian pinball? What's going to be on the play field? It's hard for me to imagine it because I haven't watched the show. But when we think back to the Star Wars pin... The playfield had the TIE Fighter on the spring, and the Premium and LE models had the Hyperloop along with Exploding Death Star. And then thinking back to the original Data East Star Wars, that one has the R2-D2 that bounces up and down, and the larger Death Star where you also, which you also try to destroy. No matter what they decide to put on the playfield, I hope Baby Yoda makes an appearance. Alright, that wraps up our stern rumor. Now let's move on to Spooky Pinball. Club Canada also reported that that was going to be Scooby-Doo a few weeks ago. He has since retracted that statement, which is a disappointment. Scooby-Doo would have made a great pinball theme and a missed opportunity to use this line. That is the perfect sound effect to be had when someone pushes the flipper buttons without any credits on the machine. 
This leaves us speculating onto what their next game might be. I for one am still hoping for Solar Opposites. I've said this before, but they already have the relationship with Cartoon Network and Adult Swim. Why not do it? It's Justin Roiland's next show. It's funny. It's in the same uh, style as Rick and Morty. So what's not to like? The ship is totally repaired. We can finally leave this shithole planet. So long, Earth suckers. Enjoy the melting ice caps. But I digress, it's probably not mainstream enough. Chuck and company are most likely going to go back to their roots on this next game and try to have something that's a little bit spooky, a little bit horror, a la Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle or Rob Zombie International Spook Show. I'm not into horror themes, so I really can't speculate on what this game might be. But I'm just going to stab at it, you know, just spitballing. What about Young Frankenstein? Abby who? Abby normal. Looks like we'll just have to wait till June to find out what it is. All right, moving on. The next manufacturer I want to talk about is CGC, Chicago Gaming Company. Now, I've got some rumors and some speculations on this one. I've heard through the grapevine that their next remake is going to be Congo. Congo Pinball Machine? Yes, the John Trudeau classic, Congo. Sitting at number 61 on the Pinside Top 100 with an average rating of 8.03, Congo is ripe for the remake. Everyone loved this movie in the 1990s, and people just can't get enough of it that prices of Congos have been trending up. So much so, CGC has decided this game would make the most sense to come after Monster Bash. In the race for the world's most advanced communications technology, a shocking discovery has been made. What was that? Lock your remote. Give me a thermal reading result to 6-6. Congo, where you are the endangered species. Well, what do you think? Good idea? Bad idea? I just made all that up. I don't know what's going on with CGC. Their next game, for all we know, could be years away. Joking aside, a new manufacturer is in the news this week. Haggis Pinball out of Australia is making headlines with their desire to remake the Fathom Pinball Machine from 1981. I'm heading over to This Week in Pinball to read the article here. And looks like on the overview, they're going to have two models, the Classic Edition and the Merman Edition. So the classic edition is just going to be that. Think just the original game you've all known and love. Beautiful artwork, um, single level play, um, same rules that would have been around in 1981. Now the Mermaid edition is going to be upgraded with new rules, two smaller LCDs that fit where typically you see the price cards in the apron. And it's going to be ultra shiny with extra chrome, RGB LEDs and the back box displays are actually going to be color changeable. They're RGB. You know, in this era, typically you just had the vacuum fluorescent orange display. What to make of this? Well, I welcome it cautiously. I am encouraged that someone is taking notice to the old classics. And, you know, it looks like uh, a Bally machine of that era. What I don't particularly care for on the photo shown they're labeled as prototypes so subject to change i suppose is they replaced the bally logo with the haggis logo that seems sacrilegious to me something about seeing that 
their logo instead of the bally there just kind of grinds my gears that's also present on the coin door but it's not as intrusive to the eyes and same with the apron so i'm fine with those two spots saying haggis but that backlash should either not have their logo or the bally logo should be there if i were to buy this machine i would replace the backlash with an original so i don't have to stare at their logo Another point of contention is the coin door is clearly not the style that was used back then. I would call it the modern black painted style that we see today, but painted chrome or it is chrome to match everything else like the era. So that part doesn't quite look right. It just kind of stands out right away to like, well, that thing's got the wrong coin door on it. Maybe they, you can't source the original style anymore or maybe it was cost prohibitive. But that's another mod I would do if I were to buy this, I would immediately swap out that coin door. But since they changed the coin door, they had a chance to move the start button to the traditional spot and they did not. So on this coin door that they're using, they have the start button in the traditional bally spot on the right side. But it looks like it's an arcade style button that's blue, so that stands out as well. The aesthetics don't quite work for me on that. I would have liked to seen either, like I said, the original coin door with the button, or if you're gonna change it up like this due to parts availability, I'd put the start button where it traditionally is now on the left side. Doesn't have to be one of those big stern start buttons with the blinking lights that says, hey, idiot, I'm here. It could be like a, a Bally Williams era start button where it's just, you know, a button, doesn't light up. Also on the Mermaid Edition with the back box displays being, you know, RGB blingable, that really, they seem gaudy and worthy of a thread on pin side, like the clown puke thread. Why would you want to do that? That's ruining the aesthetics of the game. I'm going to have player one amber, player two purple, player three pink, and player four blue. Ugh, gag me with a spoon, guys. Come on, do people really want that? I hope not. And if they do, they don't belong in pinball. They belong at a kitty arcade like Dave and Buster's. So basically what I'm saying is I don't care for the Mermaid Edition. If I were to go in on this game, I'd get the Classic Edition, but then I'd feel like I'm missing out on something. You know, the Classic Edition doesn't have the enhanced rule set. It's like, ah, so close. I mean, the gameplay is fine with the original rules, but just knowing there's other rules that you don't have access to seems like a wasted opportunity. Or maybe it's intentional. Did you, get a, did you guys get a chance to look at the price of this? Are you ready? Are you sitting down? If you're driving, is your seatbelt buckled? We're talking $8,900 for the Mermaid Edition and $7,360 for the Classic Edition. Ay, caramba! If you're spending this kind of money already, would you really stop at the Classic Edition? I think it's just there. That's the one they want you to buy. That's the one that has the most profitability. And that's why the Classic is gimped. They're realizing that, hey, most people don't care about that extra stuff we've thrown in, but we still want to make our percentages on this game. We need this to fund the next game in development. After all, Haggis is a new company. Their prior game was Celts. Who bought Celts? Not many people. There's probably less than 50 of those sold. So you're taking a bit of a risk here. It's a new startup. I feel like the risk is less than, say, a Deep Root Pinball. But that gets me thinking, Deep Root Pinball. What game did they just try to sell us? Retro Atomic Zombie Adventureland back in December. Similar practice here where it was only available for a few weeks, but it was from a company no one wanted to support. Now if we compare Fathom and Raza side by side, it's no contest. Raza's got a lot more in it 
and it was offered at a lot better price. There's so much more value in Raza than there is this Fathom remake. Did I buy a Raza? No. Am I going to buy a, Fa a Fathom remake? No. But I'll tell you what, I was really tempted on that Raza. You know, the base price, I believe, was $5,900-ish. What stopped me from buying that game was when you had to factor in tax and shipping. Now it, you know, now it was closer to $7,000. I was kind of okay with that. I was thinking, well, this might be a one-time opportunity to get a really sweet game. But then when you, it was reported that upon checkout, you had to sign this waiver. It was a liability waiver. You know, you're saying you have no rights as a customer. You're waiving your rights to any recourse if this game isn't what you thought it would be. And with them being a new company, that just didn't sit well with me, so I decided to sit Raza out. So that's why I didn't get that game. Pivoting back to Haggis, now their Mermaid Edition incorporates two small LCD screens in the in the apron. You know, right when I saw that off the bat, I thought, where's the pin bar? This is a perfect opportunity for a pin bar. It doesn't need to be touchscreen like Deep Roots. It doesn't need to have all those fancy features. All it needs to be is a display for the enhanced rules. And since they weren't going to put it on the back, because that would ruin the aesthetics of the classic look, those two small LCDs could just be one cool pin bar. This would give them some breathing room for new animations and potential um, scoring or modes. Um, as Zach Many on the Pinball Show mentioned, it'd be kind of cool if you just, every now and then, a mermaid would like tap up like you're looking inside a fish tank on the LCD screen. Be like, hey, I'm down here, as a way to just immerse you into the theme. If you are on the fence about purchasing this Fathom remake, just know they are limiting the Mermaid Edition, which is the one with the enhanced rules, to 250 units. And it's only going to be available for a few weeks. So I would check now if you're interested. Sooner than later, this one's probably going to sell out even with that high price. There are a lot of people in the hobby who, you know, they like nice things and they have the means. So good for them. Sticking with Haggis Pinball, they also announced they secured the rights to make five classic Valley pins, with Fathom being one of them. So that means we have four more remakes coming in the future. I estimate they'll be making one remake a year, the remakes being the bread and butter of their business, and they're gonna to try to establish themselves as a major player. So they may sprinkle in some original themes here and there. I'm sure they had more ideas besides just Celts, and I, and I bet they're excited to make those games too. So what could the other four games be? Um, I have some ideas. Let's go over what Johnny Pinball here thinks should be remade. All right, my first choice is going to be a very safe bet, Centaur. This is a 1981 game designed by Jim Patla, currently rated number 55 in the Pinside Top 100 with a rating of 8.089. Centaur is a game I've never played in real life. The backlash clearly inspired Lady Gaga's Born This Way album. Take a look at that cover art and then look at Centaur. I have played this in the virtual scene on the Pinball Arcade for Xbox, and I always thought it was a fun game, at least in the digital form. The black and white color scheme and the sound effects, it really just completes this game. So I'd be excited to see Centaur remade and able to be played in person. All right, the second game I think they should remake is another Bally classic. Well, of course it is. That's what they said they had the license to. It is Space Invaders, a wide-body game. Space Invaders, right? What's not to like with that game? It's one of my favorite wide-bodies from that era. It just captures the, it captures the game in pinball. The sound effects are perfect. 
the back glass is amazing. That's why you buy the game. It's half the reason is that back glass. And then it's just kind of like Silver Ball Mania, except a little different. Another reason Space Invaders would be a great idea for a remake is enhancing the rules. It's kind of lacking in this department right now. So imagine if you had different rules on that horseshoe or maybe a different rules for the pop bumpers. Maybe even you could add a mech or two to this game. I don't want to go too crazy. You got to stick with the theme, the style of the game, but the playfield is pretty open. Space Invaders is ranked number 257 on the top 100 with a rating of 7.087, designed by Jim Patla. All right, the next game I want to see remade is Skateball. This is a Claude Fernandez game, 1980, average rating 7.521, and sits at number 162 on the Pinside Top 100. Why do I want to see Skateball? Well, I've never seen it in real life. It's another one of these games that are hard to come by. That just interests me. You watch the pop-up plays or the Bowen plays on YouTube. You're like, that looks like a great game to play. And you just have nowhere to play it. So why not remake the game? It's rated highly. It's from that era, you know, the classic Bally 1980-1981 era that everyone loves. So let's put that on our list and hope it gets made. Again, a rules enhancement to this game I'm sure wouldn't hurt it. I think they, for tournament play, a certain switch is disabled to prevent some like unlimited point scoring potential. So that could be fixed in the 2.0 rule set. Every one of these games could have a pin bar style screen at the bottom for the enhanced rules. Just think about it. Now there's five games with a pin bar. Deep Root. Hagas. Have you thought about this? Maybe you could make it happen. Well, we know it's not happening on Fathom because that's pretty much done. But hey, on the other four. All right, so we have Centaur, Space Invaders, and Skateball. What's going to be my fourth choice? None other than BMX. When was the last time you saw a BMX pinball machine on location? I'll wait. Probably never. I believe there's less than 500 of these games made. In fact, so few games have been made, it doesn't have a rating on Pinside. I've had a chance to play it at District 82, and I enjoy the game. It was from the era when they cut out speech, so this game could definitely do with some speech added back into it. I'm sure it was planned. Essentially, the gimmick with this game is there are no outlanes. There's just, you know, two traditional outlanes, but you have the ability to activate a diverter to make them inlanes. It's set up in a way like a Black Knight where your Magna Save button would be. So you have to remember to quickly hit that button as the ball is screaming down the outlane to save it. It really reprograms your brain and has such a blast to try to figure it out in the first couple of plays. Now another gimmick of that game, it has an upper play field. So when you initially plunge, you plunge to the t upper play field. If you hit a drop target, you can earn the bonus that it kind of hits. It's kind of rotating 20, I want to say 20, 40, 50, 100, 120,000, something like that. The point values don't quote me on. And whatever you hit, that locks in that number. And you have a certain amount of time to get the other drop targets down to score those points. Alternatively, you can ignore the drop targets and try to hit it into this one shot on the left side of the play field. If you've got one chance to hit it, if you hit it up there, you can score big points right away and sometimes even a 2x or 3x play field. Will it get remade? Probably not. Not many people know about it. But if you have one and you're selling it, hit Johnny up. That's right. Johnny's got an email address now. I had to dust off the old AOL account for even if you're not trying to sell me a game. If you just need to reach out to me, you can reach out to me at johnny.pinball at aol.com. That's right, johnny.pinball at aol.com. So in recap, we have Centaur, Skateball, Space Invaders, 
and BMX as the four games Johnny Pinball would like to see remade along with Fathom by Haggis Pinball. What do you think, guys? Am I crazy? Are there better games that should be remade? Why stop at just four more? They could probably remake seven, eight, like Eight Ball Deluxe, Paragon, Baby Pac-Man, Electra, Medusa, Flash Gordon, Xenon, Frontier? Eh, I probably wouldn't do Xenon. Viking, another great game. Mystic, eh, maybe. Silver Ball Mania, that's eh, another maybe. Dolly Parton, I mean, she's making a comeback. That game's creeping up in price. Anyway, I think Haggis has struck gold with this idea, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see Stern try to remake some of their classics now if this is successful. In the past, George Gomez has been hesitant because, because of price. Well, now we see price really doesn't matter. They're selling these at $9,000. That's right, Podcast Watch. The super awesome pinball show is back in the news. Yes, the podcast that had the tombstone has risen from the dead. But it can't be an angel. Oh, no? Well, if you're so sure what it ain't, how about telling us what it am? Well, maybe it's, uh, uh... Format chains, you know. Like when your favorite radio station switches from rock to Christmas songs. Talking about you, 106.7. Yeah, I know it's been four years since you changed. I still don't forget. Our favorite pinball artist is switching from an every other week show to a show only when news breaks. So he's going to be a breaking news podcast. I expect we'll hear from him shortly as we just had breaking news this week with the announcement of the Fathom remake. News team, assemble! Barlow, is that you? Did you tell Franchi that there was breaking news? All right, I look forward to hearing his show next Tuesday. Well, Pinball Nation, who's left? Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. We got Jersey Jack Pinball. They're still chugging away at Pirates of the Caribbean. We still don't know if they're going to have a second game this year, which is the rumored Toy Story, or if they're just going to keep chugging along on those pirates. Why am I saying pirates? I think they made Guns N' Roses. Oh, whatever. I'm just going to keep that in. Yes, Jersey Jack is making Guns N' Roses. I'm aware of that, not Pirates of the Caribbean. Like I said, they're busy making Guns N' Roses, so not much more to talk about. They continue to tease us on social media. Most recently, there was a picture of their garage doors open because it was 82 degrees in Chicago. Yeah, not that warm up here in Wisconsin yet. So that leaves us with American Pinball. They're making headlines because a local brewery, Titletown Brewery in Green Bay, Wisconsin, has all three American Pinball games. They have the Hot Wheels, they have the Houdini, they have the Oktoberfest. Might be the only place in the world you can play all three of their releases. So what are they waiting for? When is game number four going to come out? We had David Fix on last week, but I didn't get that out of him. He wouldn't tell me. Uh, Why bother interviewing someone if they're not going to tell you what you want to hear, right? Here's the best I can hope for American Pinball. I hope that they're making a licensed theme for game number four. This is kind of do or die. They're seeing everyone else in the industry make money like it's going out of style. You've got Stern sold out. You've got Jersey Jack sold out. You've got Haggis selling $9,000 Fathom remakes. And American Pinball can't even sell their games? Uh, What are they doing wrong here? What they're doing wrong is they started with games no one has a connection with. Haggis just recently learned this. They barely sold any Celts. So they pivoted to themes people already know and love. 
hence the success of the Fathom remake. Now Stern and JGP are only doing licensed game, Instant Connection. People want to buy it because they know the theme and they like it. American Pinball needs that for their game number four. So I'm hoping maybe they listened to my last episode with my cousin Z, and we discussed the top five themes we'd like to see. And I'd like to see out of American Pinball, maybe the video game theme. I think they're the ones that could pull it off. So let's have American Pinball make a Pokemon game, or that Power Rangers game my cousin suggested. Something for the younger crowd. Something that can go on location. I think that's what they were trying to do with Hot Wheels, but then COVID hit. So why not try it again with a theme that people know and love and something even collectors might buy. And speaking of collectors, we know they have deep pockets and we know they're willing and ready to spend. American Pinball, as much as it hurts me to say this, needs to at least offer a limited edition. They need to offer a way for people who have too much money to spend it. Why not use the extra profit margins from from limited edition games to help fund other games? Maybe use it to add more mechs to the next game. The extra mech could be the wow factor that differentiates differentiates American Pinball from a Stern Pinball. Keep their pro level model that can go on the street. Skip the premium, just have a really solid pro and a limited edition and that's all you need. Price the standard edition at $6,500 with free ship and then price the limited edition at $9,000. If they were to limit that LE to 500 units like Stern, it'd be their biggest seller to date. Again, these are just thoughts off the cuff on what maybe American Pinball could do. I hope we see from them shortly because They've got a strike while the iron is hot here. There's a limited window before Stern releases their next game, before Spooky releases their next game, and then all of a sudden the market's crowded again. What if JJP is going to release their second game this summer too? Boom, all of a sudden there's three games to compete against, where the past three months there's been none. So, American Pinball, let's get at it. You know what that means, we're out of time. But don't worry, I'll be back with another podcast within two weeks. That's going to be the schedule here on the Totally Pinball Podcast. I plan on doing about an every other week schedule, but with no set date. So I'm not going to be the Tuesday guy. All right, as per usual on the Totally Pinball Podcast, I'm going to dedicate this outro song to Haggis Pinball because they have a playfield that is actually hammer tested. Their playfields, if you didn't know, are made with a special acrylic top to help prevent against dimpling. All right, good night, everyone. I am Johnny Pinball. And you stay classy, Pinside.
if you want your eggs nice and fluffy, you add a little mayonnaise to them. It's, it's, it's a little trick. If you want fluffy eggs, add some mayo. 